Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Golden Ratio Podcast. I am Jen, GR Mom, joined as always by GR Dad. Hi. How's it going, GR Dad? Pretty good. Excellent, excellent. The cocktail of the week is the Slava Ukraini. Slava Ukraini, GR Dad. It looks like Slava Ukraini to me, but, you know, I, I respect Slava the correct pronunciation. Ukraini. Got it. Uh, in solidarity with our friends in Ukraine, it is a shot. It's uh It's, it's a long shot. Anything yellow on the bottom, blue curacao on the top. I did pineapple mango juice on the bottom. And then you very, very carefully pour your blue curacao like over a spoon against the side of the glass to layer it on top so you get the Ukraine flag. It's beautiful. It is a, it's visually better than it tastes. Although it tastes good, but visually it's it's such a good visual. Yep. But it tastes good, refreshing. And you have to like blue curacao, which I do. Which I just learned, though, <laughs> it supposedly tastes orange. It 100% tastes like orange. And now my brain is a little bit broken. <laughs> you can't have blue orange. What, what did you, what did you think it tasted like? Blue. <laughs> blue is not a flavor. Well, it was to me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, okay. <laughs> it's like I'm used to gummy bears and Haribo. The colors do not correspond to the flavor. They all taste vaguely the same, but they're different colors. I thought this was kind of the same thing. Well, maybe it is. I mean, it is very sweet. Anyway, the drink, I refer to your Instagram post about it. It is beautiful thank you it is a beautiful representation of the ukrainian flag that is as good as the original flag thank you and fuck vladimir putin moving on yep. to dog updates um th there's a lot of dog updates dear dad oh my goodness this week all i have been able to do is read about ukraine this week and not function but it has been a lot of stuff that's happened since we last podcast over distance when you were in maryland yeah um, so you got home on Saturday. You left Maryland on Saturday. Yeah, I was, that's right. I was, <laughs> I could have gotten home on Sunday. I'd got home on Sunday morning, I guess. 1.30 a.m. Sunday morning. Technically, yeah. I always advise against the drive the whole thing at once, yeah, but. You did a good job. You were advising me against it and being very, um, sensitive to my t levels of tiredness and, and 130 was turns out is right on the border of yeah oof, is it worth pulling into a hotel and checking in and then sleeping for four or five hours and then going and then getting in at like noon or because that's the thing you totally were fine until like 10 30 or 11 yeah right? and so then yeah. if it's like there's two and a half three hours to I go know. do you which is basically right outside the keys know. you know in miami it's totally different going north too since mm -hmm. i was already in the keys at like 11. yeah i was like man now you know the the, the garmin the the navigation <laughs> says you know take a left turn in 109 miles and then it's our then that's our home. like that's <laughs> our street that's really hard to say you know i'm going to check into some motel in, yeah. in in key largo or something so that if I'd been going north, you know, I might have like stayed in Richmond or a little south of Richmond. It's possible I would have had an easier time bailing. But, but yeah. I really, in hindsight, I'm glad I did it, even though it kind of still wrecked me on Sunday. I'm not 23 anymore. You were definitely... Uh, my good... We're podcasting, Guac. Guac, show some Don't respect. Don't you throw that. Don't you throw that ball, Jer Dad. I wasn't going to throw it. Okay. I was going to roll it. Uh, roll is, a gentle roll is fine. Uh, <laughs> See? <laughs> Not just a semantic different. Um, yeah, you were wrecked on Sunday. 
Yeah, but I would have probably been wrecked if I'd gotten in at 11 in the morning, too. Yeah, I think that's right. Guac, shut up. Yeah. Voods and Remy are going at it, which is great. But, of course, Guac can't handle someone else enjoying their life. Can't Can't deal with himself. Let people have nice things, Guac, that aren't you. Let those two, you know, play brothers. It's great. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that so was yeah, a long you drive. You got home. Um, we kind of got everything unpacked after the fumigation. Um, you, we. I mean, you and the dogs, we. the dogs, Not yeah. me. All right. So, Jared got, gets home at like 1.30. Obviously, is exhausted. He's been driving since, I think you left at 7.30. Yeah. Had been up since 5 a.m. Yeah. So, of course, Jared Thanks, gets, gets home at like 1.30. And, you know, kind of settles in, gets into bed, and it's like the dogs are all wound up. And, of course, Voods, who gets us up in the middle of the night all the time, is like, hi, guys, I'm <laughs> I, back. I've been lying lying down all day in the car. So, can, I, can I do something? So I had kind of committed in my brain to be like, I am going to be the one who, like, really, you know, keeps his sleepy ear out for Vood and takes him out all night. And uh, so... Of course, he starts making noises at like 1.45, 2 o'clock, <laughs> like your dad's in bed. And I was like, all right, like taking him out. So I take him out. Oh, so I took him out a couple times because he, you know, he's just kind of restless and agitated. And some of it, he does need to go, go out. Yeah, right? do some business. Some of it, he just wants to go out. And uh, so at one point, I'm down there. And of course, it's dark because it's the middle of the night. And Vood takes a long time to like find his spot where he's going to do any business. Sometimes <laughs> he just lays down. <laughs> he's so inefficient. So I'm like waiting. And I, all right. I, like, all right. I'm going to go check on him. He's like laying in the grass, but in a slightly different place than he normally lays. So I walk over to him and he's chewing on something. So that's never good. Uh-oh. And <laughs> what he's chewing on is the one thing that I brought outside to prevent it dying in the fumigation that I forgot to bring back in, which is for Christmas, my parents gave Ingo um, this little kit for growing herbs for cocktails. So it was, oh, yeah, that was adorable. It was an, it's an egg carton, right? Yeah. Like a, like a brown cardboard, cardboard, egg fully carton. organic, recyclable, compostable. Yeah. Yeah. And so it comes with like you put dirt in each of the little egg carton spaces and then there's like different kinds of seeds. There's like tooth uh, like popsicle Mm. sticks. Oh, yeah. But there's mint and there's lemongrass. Basil, lemongrass. Yeah. Yeah, So all the different stuff. And so the, the idea is basically you've got like two egg divots for each different kind of herb. Super cute. You sprout them in the little thing and then you can actually just cut up the egg carton and plant that cardboard because the cardboard, you know, will eventually break down in the dirt. And you've got your stuff. So Geodad had lovingly cared for these tiny little sprouts. Got to keep them damp, but not too wet. And I had lovingly cared for them while you were gone. Yeah. And so you had little sprouts and all the things. And I was like, I can't leave this in the house during the fumigation because it will die. It 100% would have. It killed everything. So I brought it outside and I kind of tucked it with a bunch of other stuff that I was tucking like under the palms the eureka palms along the side of the house these are like the walls of palms that you see so that wouldn't get shocked by like being in the sun it was kind of tucked into the shade and when i was bringing all the other plants in i just forgot to grab that well voods found it at like two in the morning and was eating it so (laughs) i pulled like he couldn't even breathe he was like Because he had cardboard in his throat. So well, like and dirt, too. Reaching into his throat, pulling out the cardboard. But the dirt was all gone. 
He ate a lot of the dirt. Some of it may have fallen out, but he ate a lot of the dirt. I think both is true. Yeah, he was like, he was not just differentiating between cardboard and dirt and dirt flavored cardboard and cardboard flavored dirt. He was just trying to hork an entire Can e- I eat cardboard this egg, carton? egg carton. And I think he had, he probably had it in his mouth like a shark, like a, <laughs> he was just trying to shark it. What a jerk. Anyway, <sighs> that was a very short night. Um, that wasn't his, his highlight though. What was his highlight? The, uh, two days later when I came back from running and <laughs> oh, that's a another item on my list. Yeah. yeah go ahead. We were on boots, right? What yeah, the heck? Yeah. I had left, well, I, I took a shower and I left the, my wet running socks because I sweat so much just on top of the shoes outside the shower. And when I come out of the shower, <laughs> I get dressed and then I notice that one of the running socks is, is not there. And I was like, did I throw it in the hamper with the rest of my running Yay. clothes? Did I? It's missing. Yep. And it's missing for well, a day. And I'm like, well, I'll just... We knew I what suspect to it, it was Voods. Yeah, but there were no shreds left. Voods was not chewing. No. He's just he was just guilty based on previous record on his record. I mean, we have to keep the bathroom door closed at all times, Ugh. and you had left it open. I showered, right? I mean, I really I should have, but I really didn't think you about it. Know, yeah. You don't know when Voods sneaks in He's there. He's such you're a showering. sneaky guy. He yeah. Has, there have been many times where like, oh, I'm showering, I can leave the door open. Nope. And then Boots comes in and eats the toilet paper <laughs> off the roll and eats <laughs> your clothes right. and whatever. And we put the toilet paper roll up this time, I think, so he didn't get that. But uh, He, he knows how to pull it off the counter now. <laughs> we have to keep that door <laughs> closed. An, I know, I know, I know. I'm not arguing with you. I just <laughs> didn't think about it after the run. And it. I'm sure it wasn't that long a time. But anyway, so he, uh, he, he actually managed to not keep it down a day later, right? When it like five in the morning. Oh, he vomited at like three in the morning yeah. and the sock didn't come out. But I was like, I know what that is. Like he's trying to vomit up the sock. And yeah. sure enough, at like five, you took him out and the sock. No, came his, he was here lying next to the evidence of his miscreantism. Oh. <laughs> is that true? He was yeah, upstairs. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he didn't look too guilty either, but he should have been. But oh. it was like, I was like, well, there we go. I mean, good news and bad news. Bad news is it's nasty. Good news is it's out. Oh, that's that's pretty much all good news. I mean, yeah. RIP your sock, but it's great that it came out. Yeah, no, it's better than having to wait a week to see if it resolves the other way. No, I mean, in the middle of the night when he tried to vomit the first time, I was like, I think I'll take him into the vet in the morning and see if they can get him to puke up the sock. But he puked it up before we got there. He's so. learned nothing. He's learned nothing. No, he's dumb. He enjoys living on the edge. Now so he's playing with, with Remy, that's which the background noise. is living on the edge to a good good cause for a good cause what uh, else has voods st- done i was gonna say staying on the subject of voods news no kidding um when he was up at the neurologist for his five-day spa week <laughs> at the beginning <laughs> of february um they increased one of his medicines the one medicine that he kind of had room to increase and uh and it turned him into a real zombie like he he, he was, was much not good more, much more delayed where it was like you'd call him and it would take probably a long five six seven seconds before he turned his head like it was really weirdly delayed but he also like slept all the time he was more wobbly and so um you know i think we've talked about this before but like i've read the research and dogs who um who have cluster seizures like boots does (coughs) they tend to leave live about two and a half years once they start having the seizures and voods has been having the seizures for about three years so, yeah. um, you know, he's doing okay. At the same time, his seizures are getting closer together. And 
it'd be great if Woods makes it to 10 or 12 or 15, but that is yeah. not what the outlook is. And, uh, you know, obviously they increased his medicine to try to keep him from having these big clusters of seizures. If he just had one seizure a month, it would be fine, but he has one cluster of seizures a month and it requires hospitalization and it's, it's bad and it's a thing he can die from. And so we kind of talked this week because I'm like, every time I give him that extra dose of medicine, I felt like crying because he could like he would not even really eat it. Like he'd kind of fumble his tongue around to try to swallow it. He, he was so out of it. Like he would eat almost dutifully instead of enjoying it as a snack <laughs> so or a treat. Yeah. So sad. And I was like, this is not this is not a quality of life he has. Like he's alive. But this is not a, you know, and he's not in pain, but this isn't a good quality of life. And so dear dad and I kind of, you know, talked through it and it was like, yeah, you know, if we have him on. Remy, shut up. He just wants the foods to play with him. Foods is like, I'm taking a break, dude. I'm lying down. I'm taking a break. Remy's so, uh, taking a break. <laughs> Nobody cares. Uh, barking is bad podcasting, Remy. Could you shut up, please? Shut up. Remy. The sponsors are running away. They're fleeing. <laughs> uh, so anyway, we talked through it and it was like, look, uh, I mean, it's entirely unpredictable what his seizures are going to do. Um, but, you know, if we just kind of are playing the odds, like with less medicine, he may have more seizures and that would mean he's likely to die sooner. Or, you know, we'll have to choose to put him down because we don't want him to actually die from a seizure in front of us. But that seem losing some time with him seems like a worthwhile trade-off for him having more alertness and you know he's very joyful sometimes when we go for walks and stuff like he's capable of being really happy when he hears the leash or the car keys he comes running joyfully to the front door could you go uh smack remy about the face please i'll hold your mic oh okay you can just throw it down on the ground there okay <laughs> I was sliding the dogs next to each other. Excellent, excellent. Good move there, dear dad. Um, so anyway, I called the neurologist after we had that conversation and kind of explained all of that thinking. And uh, they were like, yeah, you know, as long as you're willing to take the risk that he may have more cluster seizures, it's fine to, you know, cut him back to his previous levels of that medicine, which we did. He's definitely perkier and happier it was a significant increase right we we gave him three of those pills twice a day and the increase was three of those pills three times a day I yeah mean, it's a hefty percent increase hefty jump yeah yeah and we i mean that basically took him to the top of the um available dosage that he could get for his size yeah and it was he well, you're right though his legs were buckling like he didn't yeah he, he couldn't like walk properly he'd f kind of flop over sometimes it was it w I don't know. It was too much. He was not the same boots as before. Yeah. Yeah. And look, he'd be better on less medicine now, too. Like, less medicine would be better. But, um, you know, at least we've got him kind of back to where he was. And, you know, we're kind of willing to accept that, like, well, you know, the seizures are maybe getting closer and we will eventually have to make a decision. But better to have him like this, even if that decision comes sooner. I, I mean, it's not in our best interest since he's more sneaky with less medicine and he's more he able to snarf things. I disagree. <laughs> that that dude on the increased medicine snarfed a lot of stuff, including your sock, <laughs> several <laughs> rolls of toilet paper, uh, many things they pulled out, out of his mouth. The seeds in your little That's true. The thing. sneakiness will be the last thing to go. Yeah. 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 He'd rather like 
buckle his legs once one more time <laughs> rather than not, not get that roll of toilet paper. So anyway, that's Vood's news. Vood's. Uh, Vink is in the cone. Ugh. So Vink, I we feel talked for you. last week that Guac found her hot spot or her ear infection that then turned into a hot spot. And we were treating the hot spot. And it, oh, it was so much better. It was all dry. And, you know, it had a scab on it, whatever. And then she scratched it. And then it got all gross again. And every time we let her out of the cone. Because we feel bad for her in the cone. Like the we cone. mock it a little bit and it looks funny. But we totally feel bad. We understand the the urge to itch and, and all the things. Yeah. yeah. And she doesn't like it. Uh, but like today, she kind of flung it off at breakfast, which you will have <laughs> seen in the snaps. And I was like, you know, it, it looks pretty well crusted over. She wasn't trying to scratch it all day. And then Ingo took her out at dinner time and she scratched it. It was like bleeding. And so she's back in the cone. It so. was like a full on. It was scabbing over in a great mm. way. And then she's like, no, nah, I must scratch, which yeah. I don't blame her. But it's like tough. You know, she yeah. she she gets even more phlegmatic when she has <laughs> that, that cone on because she just gives up on life. Oh, think. So anyway, that's why Vink's in the cone. That's Vink. Uh, we've had a number of complaints. People really want the story of Remy swimming to Cuba. <laughs> and it's just not a story. Remy swam away. Your dad had to go get him in the kayak. Well, like, that's it. I mean, there's more story there. You just think it's boring. It, it, a story has a beginning, middle, and end. The beginning is... He got in the water and started swimming. No, 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 no. <laughs> The story is our new neighbor is really into fishing. We've already talked about this. And hunting. And he likes to We've talked like about this. put bait or stuff. This is the story. You want the story? Patience. No. <laughs> I he don't want the reiteration. He likes to put stuff on the dock. Ugh. Remy has a... All right. Sorry. Dad, I accidentally <laughs> unplugged the Accidentally <laughs> unplugged. You're like, it's boring. I'm pulling the emergency plug. Let me summarize. The neighbor has food out. Remy swam over to get it. You had to go retrieve him. The neighbor wasn't even there. There was stuff, though. We had to go retrieve him through overland. Yeah. Oh, no. That was when he escaped the other time. Didn't he go over there twice? You went on a kayak and I went on the land. But then after that, he's also been over there on this land. This story is so boring. Did he escape again? And stayed on the land? He escaped only once, as far no, as no. I know. If he escaped a second time, he did it without you telling me. We ran around the street. You walked onto the neighbor's property well, that and was, got him. Oh, I was Remy. so mad at you. Yes. Yeah, you were mad at me, but, you know, whatever. Let's talk about <laughs> what happened there. Still a story. Oh, my God. No, this one actually is a story. Uh, I'll take the hit. All right. Yeah, so, so Remy swimming to Cuba is just Remy smelled food at the neighbor's house. He swam over there, and we got him. Like, there's no interesting telling Except he's that. a blind dog swimming. Yeah. Fine. The, no. The, the second incident was GR Dad took several dogs downstairs. And I'm constantly, let's four. say, I advocating. Took four. I took four. Not even, not even all the dogs. You, you, are, you have a propensity to get overwhelmed by multiple dog chaos. Yes. And I'm constantly advocating maybe don't take as many dogs. Admitted. In fact, if there's escapers, maybe just take one at a time. Nah, I'm not so clear on the details, but I admit that thing <laughs> generally. So, so you took down four dogs. Yeah. And then I'm not sure exactly what happened, except you put three dogs in the elevator and left Remy unattended in the yard with the gate open. Remy was lying in the yard looking at me. Right. Like dogs don't just decide to <laughs> escape. Well, in my mind, he wouldn't. But he did. He fooled me. He, he with full his, on did. With his look, he fooled me. So, Jared Dad just left 
Remy in the yard with the gate open and brought the other dogs up. And I see him come up with three dogs and I was like, where the fuck is Remy? And I go out and your dad's like, run, goes out running around looking for Remy. I was like, did he escape? Did he escape because you left him unattended in the yard with the gate open? What the fuck were you thinking? You didn't say all that, but you didn't have to. Oh, you gave I was me a look. You angry. Gave me a look. I, did I get all that in a look? Because I was angry. Oh, I th- my, actually it was. I interpreted it worse when I saw the look. So you, you actually, <laughs> they, there's room there. You could have gotten worse. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm glad that I can control the things I say, uh, <laughs> not be as aggressive. Cause yeah, I think he was I, in the neighbor's yard. Yeah. We did have to around. chase him down and get him out of the neighbor's yard. And I think I was like, why did you think it was okay? And wet. He did swim over. I there. think he's probably swam over. He was wet. Yeah. He swam over there. The important part of the story is that you left him unattended in the no, yard. No, the, the important part of the story is that it's his fault for being a, an escaper. No. Oh. Well, you know, sliding doors, whatever. We, uh, we had a long talk after that escape about uh, how to uh, how to have our expectations of dog safety both met and and avoid problems in the future. Now Remy's on a leash a little bit more than he was before. Also, I'm like, don't you take Remy out with those other dogs. Close that gate, put him back in here. Don't you come up here with us. Don't you leave any dogs in the yard. I made a lot of mistakes. I, the, I try to have no mistakes from now on, but at there <laughs> I made all the mistakes. There, that one was some mistake. It turns out like even closing the gate isn't safe. So you still have to leash. I still have to leash him, but, or, or, or just have him out and follow him just around him, yeah. step I mean, by him step. and Guac really are one at a time dogs. Yeah, and ironically, Guac is a little bit easier to control now. Remy just seeks yeah. seeks the Z. He just does what he wants. Yeah. But anyway, he was also, I drove him to Miami and back today because yes. he feels like his big brother Voodoo gets all the Miami time. And Remy said, Woods has been telling me about this spa. I got to go. Hashtag South Beach life. I got to go. And also, can we go before the sun rises? Because that's romantic. So Remy had his uh, follow-up appointment with his ophthalmologist. We've been working on getting his blood sugar controlled. And it looks like it's pretty well controlled. Um, Actually, I got a call this morning while you were driving that his fructosamine, which is like a a measure of kind of the two-week average of his blood sugar was a little low, which is interesting because his sugars are often look a little high when we take it. So in any case, we had him pretty well controlled and we want him to get the surgery for his cataracts. And so it's like, okay, it is time to make a follow-up appointment to get him checked out. Get Pre-surgery him the surgery. is yes. what we thought. We yes. talked about this last week. We're going to do the thing to get him the surgery. And so I called the ophthalmologist. And I was like, guys, it is time. When can you see him? And they're like, how about 8.30 a.m. on Wednesday? And I was like, how about not 8.30 a.m.? <laughs> because it's a three-hour drive. You know and they're how like, far away we are? Every appointment's at 8.30 a.m. Uh, and I was like, <laughs> I'm not the one driving. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. That's Because be- you said you would totally would bring him. You, uh, I you offered all, many you times offered, to drive. You said it, you, would, you would do it. So I... I understand <laughs> you're you're yes but yeah you had to leave at like 5 30 this morning Oof. and you were still late I was a little late because there was a uh, accident and the one drawbridge in the keys opened yeah. <laughs> at like 6 30 in the morning it opened to let through some lame fishing boat so you guys get up to the ophthalmologist and they dilate his eyes they do all sorts of exams and then they're like 
So he has these, his problem is that he has cataracts from his diabetes and the surgery that we wanted to get was cataract removal, which is the same in dogs that it is in people. They take the lens out and they put an artificial lens in and the cataracts on the lens. And so that gives them clear vision. This is what we wanted to do. Mm -hmm. The ophthalmologists are very hesitant to do the surgery and try to talk you out of it. I think it probably has a pretty high complication rate. And so if you get an infection in that eye after the surgery, they basically have to remove the eye. The entire eyeball. Yeah. Which is and dramatic. And then you're blind, mm-hmm. which and you, you were no, in the first place. No eyeball. And it's traumatic and it's painful and whatever. So um, they are not enthusiastic about doing this surgery. But I was like, I would like this dog to see again. So, all right, we're going to go up. We're going to get all the checks. And then the process would be... They do all the checks. Okay, everything looks good. We do a bunch of blood work. He goes on a special diet and a preemptive antibiotics for like two or three weeks. And then he has the surgery. And then we have like a three-month recovery process. So he gets the surgery. He has to go up to the vet, you know, like the next day and then three days. And then like every week for a couple months. Big recovery process. Today is the first day down that path. So Jared gets up to the vet. They do all the exams and they're like... The cataract is liquefying and resorbing, and so it's basically just dissolving. And he can already see a little bit out of one of his eyes, and the we other one's probably going to re- come along. still resorbing may be a specialized word that they Resorbing invented. is the word. I have yeah, done the they, medical research. I think research. they made it up, right? It, they, it doesn't really <laughs> exist. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah. Basically, the cataract is liquefying and going away miraculously. Uh, which is the thing that happens. They're like, mostly this happens in dogs who are one to two years old. And it happens into like one to two percent of the cases. He's five. He's six. Oh, he's six now. Yeah. So he's like this super rare instance of this happening. All the like scientific literature I could find about it was on dogs with uveitis, which is kind of like um, a glaucoma where you get high pressure in the eye. He does not have that. He actually has low pressure in his eye. Who knows? But it's going away. It was, it was a weird moment between me and the <laughs> ophthalmologist because she said that, like, la-di-da, oh, it's, you know, look at, compared to the last visit, it's much smaller and he can see much better. He can see a lot out of that eye now. And I was like, what the heck? What do you mean? Does that mean, and she's like, and then you probably don't need surgery. I said, what do you mean you don't, we don't need surgery? Uh, this is a big deal. We've been here three times now for the surgery. And now you're saying he's just fixing it himself? It's just going to go away. Like some kind of magic. Oh, my God. They're like, yeah, come back in four to six months and we'll look at it again. And his other eye might have cleared up, too. Oh, my God. So it's it's definitely not clear now. There are still cataracts on both of those eyes. Oh, yeah. But we have he has four eye drops that he gets a couple times a day. And one of them dilates his eyes. So it makes the pupil bigger. But the cataract is the same size. So if the pupil's really big and there's a cataract in the middle, if the cataract is smaller than the pupil, you can see around the edges of the cataract and see stuff. So he has this drop and they actually increased the frequency that we give him that drop. So his eyes stay more dilated and then he can see more around the cataract as it apparently just reabsorbs into his body. The first time we got those drops from the ophthalmologist, I actually, I felt a little stupid, but I was like, should I put, should we put sunglasses on him or something? Because it makes his eyes much more sun sensitive, right? Because the whole point of the pupil is to keep light out. She's like, no, no, it's fine. The, the you know, the cataract is blocking most of the, the light. I was going to say, the cataract's kind of like, like built-in oh, sunglasses. Yeah, I don't know, man. What if it gets better? <laughs> and he's got these dilated eyes. What if his, like, the sun hurts his eyes? She's like, no, nah, it's fine. He's a dog. 
I mean, like 90% of his eye is covered by that cataract. Right I don't know. Now, but so. Putting sunglasses on him would be pretty funny. <laughs> you just, so what you're really saying is you just want to put sunglasses on the dog. I want to have a medical excuse to put <laughs> sunglasses on Remy. You could just do it. Medical excuse. <laughs> so anyway, that's the big update. Uh, cataracts apparently just going away on their own, which, which is, a, I didn't know was even a thing. It's a, the, I, it was just weird disconnect that the ophthalmologist was not that excited about it. I was like, this seems very remarkable, ma'am. Yeah. <laughs> Doc. <laughs> and she's like, no, you know, the other guy probably reabsorbed too. Just put more drops in there. I was like, why have we been talking about surgery for four, for a year now? You never told us this was an option. Crazy. So good job, Remy. Yeah, good job. So, uh, yeah, the like natural question to follow this is, when do we adopt him officially? Because we have, you know, unofficially, I mean, we've said he's staying, but he still belongs to the rescue group because you get like major discounts on the surgery primarily for the eyes. If you're with a rescue group, they give it to you for 50%. We, al we also get discounts on the eye drops. Oh, yeah, yeah. Everything is like they, they're very generous with rescue groups there. Um, but now if he's not going to have the surgery, so I guess we go in four months and do his follow-up, but that may be, he may get officially adopted then. Yeah. I also had him in on Monday for his fructose, some fructose measurements yep. into the vet that we don't see very often. And they remarked on how good he looks now, how much different he looks and how good he's fluffed up a lot. I was just looking at a video I posted of him in August. I was going back through our TikToks and I found a video of him going for a walk and he really looks like a different dog. He has such shorter hair then and he had the bald spot on his neck and he also just looks so much like happier and more joyful. Oh, and now. Yeah. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Sure. That's great. He's he's living the good life. Good he's, job, he's, Remy. He's settling right into paradise here. <laughs> Uh, all right, that's it for dog updates. Is that it? Hops is still hopping around. Yep. So Brody's fine. Brody's neurotic Walk as is ever. Good. Brody enjoyed not having foods around. Yeah, well, that's probably true. <laughs> Brody had a good time without anybody else here. He would love to be an only dog, I think. Oh, yeah. Just get a lot of attention. Big man, Brody. Um, St. Patrick's Day is coming up, and if you want Dear Dad to make you a St. Patrick's Day cameo, he can do that. Yeah, we'll make green filter on all the dogs. <laughs> Brody would look really good green. We can even put St. Patrick in it, our St. Patrick. If you'd like. It, we know it's a double-edged sword because, you know, he's in he's heaven such now. such a good boy. Yeah. We got some video clips of him. Um, you want to do German word of the week or taste of the keys? Uh, I'm, I'm not doing taste of the keys, so I'll do German word of the week and let you worry about the harder stuff. Okay. Because I can just make stuff up and you can. Oh, no, wait. No, it has to be a real German word. No one will know. Inspire. <laughs> they're not. They're going to. Who's going to know? Nobody's going to. They're <laughs> going to find out. Um, yes. Inspired in part by last week's PKV and LKV abbreviations and the current news. There's there are two German abbreviations that are more militaristic. Oh. That are P.A.K. Pack and F.L.A.K. Flak. Pack and Flak. Pack. Pack is Panzerabwehrkanone. <laughs> Move that mic a little off to the side. Oh, sorry, of that's the P. Oh, the P filter. <laughs> I don't have my P filter on. Uh, Panzerabwehrkanone, which uh -huh. is tank defending cannon. Abwehr is defending. Yeah, it's an anti-tank cannon. Uh -huh. But Pack is the German abbreviation that the people would use. And then 
Flak ist Flugabwehrkanone. Anti-Aircraft Missile. Yes, in this case the English is better. Anti-Aircraft is easier to say than Flugabwehrkanone or a Fliegerabwehrkanone. But Flak, Flak is, has become the English term for it too, oh, right? Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. It's the, it's the German word Flugabwehrkanone. This is the explodey stuff that sits in the air and messes your plane up. Yeah, it, it has yeah. a proximity fuse and explodes, or it explodes uh, at an altitude. And, yeah, and yeah. Yeah, so that's, those are two somewhat militaristic terms. Pack Abwehrkanonen. Panzerabwehrkanonen. Panzerabwehrkanonen. Fliegenabwehrkanonen or Flug? I, I, I mean, you said both, right? The way we learned it is Flugabwehr. Flugabwehrkanone, but it could be Fliegerabwehrkanone. Nice. Good ones. Yeah, Flak und Pack. Also, um, fuck Vladimir Putin. Yeah, that's how uh, that's how I thought about that. Yeah, we need more packs and flaks in uh, in Ukraine. Yep. Well, Germany's gonna send them some, so yeah, it's all working out. Uh, Taste of the keys this week is a personal story. I was going. I don't know where you were. Maryland. I think Miami. <laughs> it, it may have been that Saturday, the day you were driving back from Maryland. Running. So I went in to get groceries in Key West and I w it was like 11 o'clock that I picked up the groceries and I was like, I'm going to go to this place that we go called the cafe and get takeout for lunch. They have really good truffle fries. Oh they my have a goodness. really good sandwich called a sprout head. It's Anyone a is near vegetarian or, or at all like into organic food, this is the place to go. It's in like Key West. a vegetarian, very hippie kind of restaurant. They do have a few things that are not vegetarian. Correct. It's all, everything is delicious. They have it's homemade so good. What did they get? Lemonades? No, homemade ciders. What are they called? Like fresh squeezed Seltzers. juices. Yeah. Yeah. Kombucha, beers, great beers. Yeah, it's it's great. The food is amazing. Um, and they have truffle fries that are truly, <laughs> out, truly outstanding. A reason alone to go there. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, all right, I'm going to I'm going to treat myself to lunch from the cafe today. So I called ahead and uh, I ordered my food and then I went to go pick it up because I don't eat inside. So it's on this one-way street, and so to give you a picture, the street has, if we're going left to right, there's parking, there's the driving lane, there's a bike lane, and then there's more parking. So there's just one lane to drive, and it's actually a pretty narrow street, but there's room to park on either side. And then there's a marked bike lane. It's not separated, but a marked bike lane between the driving lane and the rightmost parking lane. Right. So I drive up to the restaurant, and basically... At the end of the street, like towards the intersection, there's a spot kind of at the front of the right lane parking. So I could get kind of the frontmost spot. So the light is red and I kind of wait for it to change so I can move up. It's a Saturday, so there's a ton of tourists out on bikes. So I check very carefully to make sure there's nobody in the bike lane because I have to cross the bike lane from the driving lane. It's driving lane, bike lane, parking. So I have to cross the bike lane. There's nobody coming, fine. So I go across the bike lane and kind of pull forward into the parking lane and then I'm backing up into the parking spot. I'm in front, so I don't have to parallel park. And as I'm backing up, so I'm in the parking lane, pretty much lined up. You know, my mirror is maybe hanging over into the bike lane, but I'm pretty much lined up. And as I'm backing up into the spot, I see in my rearview mirror, there's somebody coming quite fast in the bike lane, quite close to me. And as I'm doing this, I'll, I'll note that as I was trying to pull into the spot, there was this like middle-aged dude <laughs> standing in in the spot I was trying to pull into to park. Like I had to wait for him to like walk his ass out of the way. He was just a pedestrian like, wandering around. Like in the middle around. of the road, right? Yeah. Uh, which, which I mean happens all the time, but 
he was just kind of like a dick about it. Like, I'm just standing here, like in the middle of this spot. <laughs> so I'm like waiting for, so he finally gets out of the way, walks more towards the middle of the road. I'm backing up and I see this, somebody coming in the bike lane. And I was so afraid that they were going to run into my rear view mirror <laughs> that I literally like, I stopped foot on the brake and put both my hands over my head <laughs> to just, this is like know, your symbol of, I'm not like, doing anything. Just I'm, protect I'm, myself. I can't do I can't make my car disappear is essentially what you're saying. I would like to make my car disappear, but I cannot. There, there was nothing I could do. I really wasn't in their way. And, but they were coming fast like, enough to startle you. Like I'm like, that. It's, yeah. he's going to hit my mirror. Like something bad's going to happen. Uh, he did not hit my mirror, but as he goes past, he yells, it's a fucking bike lane. And I was like, God, like, I'm not even in the bike lane. And then I noticed middle-aged dude who'd been walking through the middle of the street where I was trying to park has actually walked up to an SUV that's basically parked next to me, but a little bit behind. So they're in the lane that you drive in, but have pulled their SUV into the bike lane. With this, the, their tires, not just their mirror. Like Yes, full with on, their tires. Yeah. They, they're like, oh, I'm going to pull out of the way. Except you're not out of the way. It's one narrow lane of driving. So the fact that they've pulled two feet over to the right does not allow anyone to get past. Uh, it's a very narrow street. So they're just parked in the bike lane, basically. Middle-aged guys getting into the passenger seat. And so when the guy turns out on a skateboard goes past my car and yells, you know, it's a fucking bike lane. I was like, I can't believe he's yelling Sorry, at me. Sorry, dude. <laughs> like, but I will apologize to him. Like, I, I was not trying to cause problems. I have no choice but to go across the bike lane. I didn't cut him off. If my mirror was hanging in there, like, I mean, I didn't really have a choice, but fine. Like, I don't want to cause problems. It was only after the whole incident I'm about to relay that I realized he was yelling at the SUV that middle-aged guy was getting into that had pulled into the bike lane because they were like basically in my blind spot right on my left side slightly behind me blocking the bike lane middle-aged guy so once the skateboarder yells it's a fucking bike lane I think he's yelling at me he's yelling at the SUV middle-aged guy from the SUV with the windows down yells something that I don't understand but back it wasn't at the friendly skateboarder. no it was not friendly he was pissed off and so the skateboarders kind of and the skateboarder isn't like a kid right he's like in his 20s He's going towards the intersection, kind of glaring back at, turns out, dude in the SUV. Now, the light is green, so the skateboarder has the right of way to go straight through the intersection. There's someone on a bike behind the skateboarder. They have the right to go through the intersection and across. It's a green light. The, so the skateboarder is doing that. <laughs> He's going forward through the intersection. The SUV, meanwhile, takes off. Now, the SUV is to the left, right? It's driving lane, bike lane, parking lane. So the skateboarder's in the bike lane. He's going through. There's a cyclist behind him going through. The SUV basically kind of floors it in the driving lane and then takes a sharp right, which across means across the bike, the bike lane and hits the guy on the skateboard. That's Doesn't just cut him shocking. off. Fucking hits him with his car shocking i was astonished right i'm still sitting there basically with my hands still over my head because all of this is transpiring in a few seconds right skateboard guy yells middle-aged dude who's gotten into the suv yells skateboard guy you know goes ahead 10 yards suv takes off takes that sharp right in front of the skateboarder who absolutely has the right of way. And basically, the skateboarder bangs into the side of the car right that's I mean, right the yeah car the car is, cuts off the skateboarder completely 
yeah and blocks blocks but like ran over his skateboard right like hit him hit and dude falls down in the middle of the street he had like a bottle of gatorade he fortunately was able to stand up and then threw his bottle of gatorade with all his might and adrenaline at the back of the suv that just drove off did not stick around guilty guilty conscience yeah uh anyway skateboarder seemed to be okay like picked up uh, you know everyone who saw this happen and there were a lot of people was were just sort of like what the fuck uh skateboarder you know got himself up got his skateboard got out of the road i think the cyclist behind him was with him i think he was skateboarding and and his pal was biking um and she looked like she was talking to him afterwards so everybody seemed to come out okay but it was quite shocking I mean, it would have been shocking for the SUV to just, like, yank it around that corner and cut him off. But to, like, hit him, knock him down, and then drive off. To go from zero to that level of lethal yeah. violence, essentially, is yeah. pretty shocking. All right, I hear Hop squeaking. Yeah, I'll let her out. I'm just going to sign off. So, uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. And I can sign off. <laughs> until next week, Slava Ukraini. Don't cut anyone off. Don't bite anyone unless they ask you to. Indeed. Bye. Bye.